Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From Variety, celebrating more than 118 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. Natalie Portman began her career as a child actor, and it's not a path that she necessarily recommends. I would not encourage like young people to go into this. I don't mean ever. I mean, as children, like I feel like it was almost an accident of luck that I was not harmed and also combined with like very overprotective, wonderful parents. I've heard too many bad stories to think any child should really be part of it. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this 200th episode of the award-winning Variety Award Circuit Podcast, we talk to Natalie Portman, who stars in Netflix's May-December. She discusses the state of the industry and the upward tick of women producing their projects. Also on this episode, we talk to memory star Peter Sarsgaard. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. All that and the latest edition of The Roundtable is next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay hungry and stay close. You know what I'm thankful for? The three of you. We have three listeners? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm inflating the number of listeners. We're lucky if we have three. (laughs) Exactly. Hi, everyone. I'm Michael Schneider, TV editor at Variety, along with... Jazz Tank, hey. Ooh, I mixed it up. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm still giggling from our joke. Janelle Riley. Hello. And... Clayton Davis, you know him, you love him. Hi, Dad. <laughs> How you doing? Well, the favoritism is so I palpable. I do. I love I'm him. good. I'm good. We're heading into the holidays. And Mike wanted to show us up by being fit. Yeah. I you mean, did your, I, it's not called a turkey trot. What is it called? The great walk? <laughs> oh my God. You just make, Mike pardons turkeys every uh, Thanksgiving. Just making stuff up now. I do the annual, the great Los Angeles walk. It was our 18th year. Wow. We walk around 15 miles across Los Angeles every year. I get several hundred people to join me. And this year we started in Griffith Park. We went across Franklin, down uh, Fairfax, over Pico, and then up Western. So we made kind of a square, but people stop along the way. They visit attractions. They uh, eat at restaurants. We had deals at places like El Cholo where people got <sighs> happy hour prices. Love and, El Cholo. And uh, yeah, you, we get a ton of people. Some people have actually met and gotten married. No wow. way. I, did you officiate those weddings? I should have. But Trash. They, <laughs> Shout out to them because they actually they got their wedding in the New York Times and they name checked the Great LA Walk. That's so we amazing. were in That's the New York cool. Times. Yeah. Every year I want to go, but every year you hold it on literally the busiest weekend. It's the yeah. Saturday before Thanksgiving, yes. which is good for a lot of people, not good for other people. Terrible I know. for war <laughs> not season. For, not, for not for us. Not for yeah. war. Uh, was it raining on Saturday? 
No, it, it rained for maybe about 20 minutes. Okay. It was it was actually a really nice day because it wasn't too hot, but the sun was out. And yeah, I, 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 people had a good time. And here we go. Let's bring it into awards season. You know who shows up every year who has for maybe the past five years is Diana Nyad. Oh, She wow. has a walking wow. group called Ever Walk, and she brings like 20, 25 people. Mm. And, and so uh, over the years, I've gotten friendly with her and given her the bullhorn some years to give a pep talk. And and so this year, uh, we had just seen Nyad mm. on Netflix. So uh, Maria and you saw a movie on top of that. Wow. Love it. So Maria and I had a chance to talk to Diana about the movie. She's thrilled, of course, because yeah. you know, yeah. a she's being played by Annette Benning, which Come is pretty on, pretty cool. She comes out really well in the movie, uh, and uh, you know, her best friend Bonnie is played by Jodie Foster. I mean, it's just a great movie, and they come off as great, and and she's wonderful, and she's such a such a hoot. I gave her the the megaphone, and she's like, all right. Right, everybody, let's sing. And she got <laughs> hundreds of people to sing about the Great LA Walk and what a beautiful morning it was. And and she's Did she a delight. Plug her movie. So uh, I plugged the movie. Oh. Yeah. Mike, uh, do, Mike did that job. I did. For I her. did the hard work. Well, this is funny because I saw her on Sunday actually, and uh, she seemed exhausted. Because so she had walked sixteen miles. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So that's great. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's the other headline. Is I a, saw a movie. Do you have a success rate of the people who finish the walk? Well, you know, I always tell Keep people Italian. that they could do as much or as little as they want. So mm. not everyone finishes. Uh, our colleague, Pat Saperstein, joins us every year. And mm. she does about half of the walk. So that's great. And as long as people do any of it, and she stops at restaurants. And a lot of people, I've got some people who stop at, they make it like a bar a crawl. Mm. <laughs> they, they don't get done until like 8 o'clock at night because they stop at every restaurant, which I think, honestly, is you're doing it right. Yes. If you're doing so it that time way. Do you s- yeah, and how many when you started 18 years ago? How many people did you have? The first year was only about maybe 25 people. That's still wow. a lot. I don't even know people. 25 people. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> grown <laughs> over the years. And uh, yeah, so it's a good, like, uh, I think a lot of people really want to I want to do it one Should we year. Do it? I genuinely year. want to do it. I tr- Every year I think I'm going to try. And then every year it's on the same weekend where every actor is in town because they're doing round tables. Yeah. And or actors on actors. Thing. Governor's yeah. Awards. Yeah. Thanksgiving. And you know what I found? now is because it's always been the Saturday before Thanksgiving and I guess a couple of years ago the USC UCLA game started becoming like that that became a tradition on the set it used to be in December but they moved it up to the Saturday before to Thanksgiving to compete <laughs> with me now I don't know why they changed that but I found that a lot of people were frustrated including my son who's a UCLA freshman oh, no. who thankfully he chose the family he Aww. still walks family you gotta side with family <laughs> exactly no um, I real I gen- I had 17 events in three days and I was like well maybe I can slip in there somewhere no I barely had time to breathe oh yeah and then at one of my events the valets locked my keys in my car what yeah I was having all sorts of car problems this issue yeah yeah, this, 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 this issue. This I, issue. I, oh, I my God. This issue of variety. <laughs> you don't want deadline today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how many let's, – let's do a little uh, like comparison. How many panels have each of you moderated over the past – like I even mean, week? Janelle and Jazz probably definitely have me beat. Yeah. Because you both like we have done yeah. so I many. Can't. Yeah. yeah, I'm still married though, so that's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> oh, rub it in. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you moderate you now your conversations <laughs> with your wife? Because like it's I like find I don't want to talk a... to people in my downtime. <laughs> that's the money maker. I gotta I gotta preserve that. Um, I just I do get a little tired of talking. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah I, I know this was my first week that I was out every single night. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't home like every night, and that was like 
when that starts to happen, you're like, damn. So, but yeah, uh, Janelle does a ton, Jazz does a ton, and I had I had like one. I usually have like one big one a night, and then that was kind of it. But Wait, one a night or one a week? One night, like yeah, well, yeah at oh, least one crazy. every evening. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, everything got turned on. Like it was like the yeah, SAG so. ended, and then they were like switch go, and then uh, with that, obviously the the big lead in was. We also have a Golden Globes on CBS. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which left field, no idea. Didn't even know CBS was on the table. Well, because CBS had uh, actually turned them down multiple yeah. times. Yeah, we knew really? that. Really? Yeah, yeah, twice. I think at least yeah. we knew we knew of. Yeah. So the feeling is they probably got it for a steal. Yeah. Um, we don't know the exact number, but you know, it's it's not the. Tens of millions. It's not the sixty million that it originally was, but now CBS has the Grammys, the Tonys, and the Golden Globes. That's a pretty powerful trifecta. Honestly, I like I like the idea of of the Globes on CBS. It it makes sense. Uh, You know, it was never going to be on ABC, obviously, because they've got the Oscars, and then NBC. Well, we know what happened with NBC, so that was going to be a long shot. Uh, Although, wait, what um, did happen with NBC? Well, for they those they had two it people for listening who are not they had, so they had it forever. But then the whole falling out yes. of the TV the TV look at me yeah. now wow. I'm talking about TV <laughs> the HFPA no the HFPA uh, and and what happened there and so uh, they ultimately brought it back for one more right. year last year to, I to basically it was good last and, year well that was to sort of like close out that contract oh. yeah that re, that crazy sixty million dollar yeah. contract which. Uh, you know, at this point, uh, did not make sense for NBC yeah. moving forward. Now, I had heard though that NBC wasn't necessarily out of the question. The problem was they have NFL, and they couldn't do it that night. That the Golden Globes had said yeah. we are doing it on January seventh, Sunday night. They want to be the first Sunday after yeah. uh, the New Year. Yeah, which NBC's got football, so it's like, well, they couldn't do it. If they had moved it to maybe midweek, then they could have perhaps. But that was a not starter for yeah. the Golden Globes. I, I keep wanting to say HFP. Yeah, there is, there is no, no HFPA. more HFPA, <laughs> and I think that what I think a lot of people don't know uh, is that obviously that the HFPA is no more, and some people thought that was interchangeable, but obviously it's not. Uh, there is no more Hollywood Foreign Press Association, and a lot of those original eighty-five members are not there anymore. Yeah. Like a, a good That's amount true. of them yeah. are done. So this really is a new era for the award show, and also nearly impossible to predict for the first time because the, yeah. even, right. even the publicists and students, they're like, I don't know these people. Yeah. Like you're getting to know these people for the first time. They expanded uh, the nominations. There's going to be six in each category uh, now. So there will be, you know, some, there'll be a lot of movies and TV shows named, but we don't know what, you know, what tracks overseas versus here. Yeah, and it's a it's a larger. It's what three hundred three hundred yeah, people, which is more still tiny tripled. compared to yep. most award shows, yeah. but still a lot more than before. And it's so funny when you said like the eighty five or so members. I thought you were going to say the eighty five year olds. <laughs> well, they, they were also <laughs> yeah, that too. Also yeah. right. applies. So yeah. what to your point? Like, there's probably not going to be that left field film that nobody. But who knows? There, there could be because, like, so I, I'm really most interested in the st- the new stand up comedian panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, panel we're See, we're thinking category because yeah. I actually have my roundtable. It's out by the time you're listening to this, and you should watch because stand-up comedy d- does so, so much does different stuff overseas. I don't know what they find funny versus what we find funny, and I would say like the Chris Rock special in particular. I don't know how that tracked 
uh, in an international audience if they were finding that funny or if we were just like, oh, we want to hear about the slap. Well, I guess the question is how many of these voters are actually international? Uh, mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of the the folks who are voting now for, for the Golden Globes are not international. I thought a majority – well, the, I mean, we go, you, actually now the first time you can see the entire list yeah. online. Yeah. I, I mean there are some that are based here, but I think – the majority are over are not U.S. Okay. based. Okay, so that's that's where like I think some of the confusion still is because I, I know they had recruited a lot of folks here in Los Angeles, but not necessarily who were writing for international publications. Yeah, um, yeah, there are some there are more U.S. based people than I think there have ever been before, but I think the majority still is uh, international. So, yeah. so I think you know expect I think you're you're your Barbenheimer is going to happen. Like you'll see plenty of that. You'll see poor things, but I think you always have to expect something left field to, to come through. Like May, December is going on the comedy side now, which they, I absolutely think it should, which I, I agree I with as well. Hilarious. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to see them like, and they have the same procedures in place where they have their committees that could flag. Like, no, we don't like, because promising young woman famously got kicked out of comedy into drama. I actually thought it was fine as a comedy if you ask me, but, um, you know, I wonder if there's going to be as many uh, like kickouts as there was uh, in the past. Yeah, and I'm curious to see okay. if actual comedies and musicals make that list. You know what I mean? Not just the prestige ones, but mm. like, you know, like last year I was a big fan of Spirited. Mm. You right. know, a musical yeah. comedy perfect for that category that didn't get a single nomination. Yeah, and and for the first time, like comedy is actually more competitive this year than the drama side because you. Have, I mean, in addition to May December, you have uh, Barbie. Poor things, the holdovers, American fiction, the color purple, air is in comedy. Uh, Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret is comedy. Like dumb money's there. There, There's a lot of this embarrassment of riches. Um, And then I just can't wait to see like kind of what what happens there. But voting is actually opening right now for the TV side, where um, (laughs) I guess we're not going to see the lull that we're expecting or or that some people. Feel like there is coming because Abbott's still uh, eligible. Ted Lasso, Succession, The Bear, right, right, and all so that stuff. yeah, yeah. The, the the Guild season, especially like SAG and, and Globes, there's still a chance that we're going to have the the last hurrah for both Ted Lasso and Succession. Yeah, and as Clayton keeps pointing out, Jeremy Allen White could win. He'll win his Globe, Globe his for Globe season two, two of the before Bear. he's even won his Emmy for season yeah. one. <laughs> so confusing. Uh, backing up real quick, one more thing, a little, little trivia about CBS running the Globes again. Mm. You know, the last time CBS had the Globes was in 1982. And you know what happened that year? The reason why CBS dropped the Globes after that year. Wait, was that the um, – uh, what's her name? That uh, was Pia Sidora. Pia Sidora year? Oh, that wow. was the was year. Was it really? Yep. Wow. Really? And that was the year that uh, there there was so much scandal over, you know, the, the, yeah. the HFPA members. Yeah, her husband flew them out yeah, to a big fancy weekend. Bought and sold oh by – and she was, like, given the, the – what. Promising uh, newcomer, or yeah. Something, I think and they, she beat like Mandy Patinkin. She, and yeah, a lot Robbins of like, up, up. Yeah. but it was funny. Like that, <laughs> that story didn't die. Like for years after, because like I, I, one thing that always Pizza Door is always a famous one, and I always remember Sharon Stone Casino that people always talk about her having the entire HFB at her house, and she won Best Actress and Drama. She gave him watches, I believe, <laughs> and give him watches. Yeah. Um, and she beat Susan Sarandon, who ended up winning the Oscar that year. Yeah. So, but yes, they do talk about that. But like the, Sharon Stone's performance was not an embarrassment. I don't know if anyone has actually seen Butterfly, the Piazzadora movie. Like it is unwatchable, <laughs> unwatchable. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah. listen, there's a, there's always like, you know, the, the I mean, Oscars have them too. I always say Elizabeth Taylor's Oscar for Butterfield 8 is embarrassing. Well, it's because they thought she was yeah. going to die. die yeah. And then she didn't. So, like, everything, like, obviously uh, happens in a vacuum. But that's interesting that the C, that's when CBS dropped them. And now it's a new regime. Yeah, it is a new regime. And it's, it's interesting when you look at, okay, so they dropped them in 82, and then the Golden Globes went syndicated for a couple of years. It was really bottom of the barrel. Oh, did they? At that point. It? Oh, I yeah. know that. And then. Turner actually came and rescued it around 89 and at least gave it a little more presence. You know, it's basic cable, step up from syndication. <laughs> but it was, of course, when NBC picked up the show in 96 and put it in prime time. Is that all they had it just from 90? I, 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 I thought they had it so much longer than that. It's That's a pretty long time. No, but, but you, I just, I, I think I've always known them on NBC. Well, I guess that no, makes I, sense. You're right, yeah. actually, if I think about it. Well, how yeah. old were you in 96? I, I mean, was that's, 12. Yeah, so that's probably when you were starting to pay attention. So, yeah. uh, but then it kind of immediately became a thing again. I mean, that's you put it in prime time, and of course, back in the day, broadcast prime time was everything, and they managed to reinvent it as the party of the year and a few good years of mm-hmm. some drunken celebrities going yeah. up on grabbing a microphone. Oh my God, fa- famous, I'm, I'm thinking about it now. I'm like playing with the timeline in my head. They go on to NBC on, in 96. That two, two years later, they get Jim Carrey, best actor drama for Truman Show. Like they they were I feel like now everything's starting to like come together yeah. and make some sense. Like they were really just going for yeah, it. And think about NBC in 96, the height of Friends, the height of ER. I mean, that was the Thursdays. Wow. Oh yep. yeah, they were so unstoppable. They had a, quite the platform and that's what sort of turned the Globes into the Globes and not second the, most watched uh, yeah. live ceremony behind the Oscars even more than the Grammys. People don't understand how many people watch the Globes. That's why I was confused that it was ha- having trouble finding a home. Well, award but, shows just are not yep. a thing anymore. And it's um, that that really has turned quickly because it wasn't that long ago award show, that's why they were able to get 60 million dollars from NBC because you know up until just a few years ago those live events still mattered and suddenly like that it just changed and no one watches award shows anymore. Yeah. But also I, I think this is also going to be a good uh, test subject with them adding two new categories, one for stand up, which I think is actually a really good call and then one for box office uh, achievement, which... Oh, boy. Here we I, go again. I, yeah. Which, I, I mean, I, I think I get the sentiment behind it, but we already have Barbenheimer that's going to happen, so I don't... Yeah. Also, I, isn't box office achievement, isn't that numbers? Like, do yeah, you actually it, vote it, on you, that? Well, you're yeah. voting based on the criteria of any... You have to have grossed more than $100 million, and something that they... Uh, they went into some streaming numbers, like to like, which I, I don't know how. So it's the best of you actually vote on the like best which of movie the money makers. Best. Okay, but but then like, yeah, just I'm like, so what? What do you do if Barbie wins best picture comedy musical, but like Spider Man wins box office? So like, it's the best picture, but not the best money maker. Like that's why I always think stunts is the way. To the popular stunts films. And stunts. Yep. Stunts. stunts and casting. Stunts. Yep. The way you yep. get uh, popular uh, movies. But we'll see. It's going to be a good test subject for that, was what I was saying. Um, because the Oscars, I think, are in need of it, of some adapting to like some newer categories. Obviously, stunts being a big one. And we'll see. I mean, Barbenheimer is offering them so much fun potential during that show. They need to just paint the Dolby Pink and just 
like with it. put everyone in hats and but, just but, enjoy. But is that favoritism at that point? Like I mean, how much can you lean into? I mean, that? at that point, you're just putting on a show. So I, I always say the Oscars is you know it's a celebration of cinema, but it's also a show. So even if Barbie's not winning, you're, you're, you're putting on a show for people at home. They don't. They're watching it for the, yeah, and the, votes the spectacle. Are at that point. And the votes so are counted. Yeah, fun. you're not influencing. You're just I agree. leaning into yeah. it. Go have fun. If you don't start off with "I'm just Ken," you're doing it wrong. Make yeah. your dress code pink. Everybody, yeah. pink. Like just do it. You know, pink or hats. That's well, it. Shout out to them for uh, getting Kimmel to host once again. I, I think like that's just you know that's what you got to do. Yeah. You got to have that permanent host. No more drama about. Bringing in like uh, attempts to reinvent the hosting, and then it falls on your face. No, get the, get the guy who you know is going to do a great job, yeah. and focus on the other elements of the show. It clicked last year when I was sitting there. I was like, "This is you. This is who you are. Stop trying to be something else." And listen, we were all guilty of that. We wanted them to like change some stuff up, but they chased movie stars hosting for a long time. Then they got like a tour directors to like produce and direct the show. That's not the way to go. We just like Jimmy Kimmel's. Safe, so fun. solid. Let's go with that. He's solid. He makes it work, yeah. and, and he renewed his contract last year for three years. So I'm, I'm thinking he's going to be next year too, at minimum, unless uh, something changes. And I think we're at least we're coming to the hundredth. Yeah, it makes sense. You just keep it going. You know, you need that sort of stability and focus on the other elements, like you said. Like you know, every year there's going to be different films that are going to impact what the show's going to be. Yep. And this year. Lean into the Barbie. Yep, lean into it. But uh, with with that now, as we go into the Thanksgiving holiday, and talking about everything being turned on, I mean, there's panels. Everyone's everywhere. All actors are here all in at town. Once. Yeah, like, I they're, they're, every, everything everywhere all at once is happening. It is insane how many events are going on. I, I was, if I see one more image of a maestro event, like they're they are just Bradley. This isn't stars born Bradley. He now is like coming out. He's like, okay, I gotta win an Oscar now. Nine losses is a lot. I'm ready to go, mm-hmm. go home with one. He's been uh, everywhere. He's been everywhere. So the, he's gone from the shallow to the deep end. Yeah. He, <laughs> that's so well done. Um, Not thankful for this. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Bar- uh, Margot has been around. Greta's doing stuff. I mean, Billie Eilish has been out. She did our our Power of Women How event. How many covers has Billie Eilish been on? I mean, she's- uh, a, a lot. And she's going to be the youngest two-time – if she wins, she'll be the youngest two-time winner ever in any, like, Oscar category. I think she's already, like – I think she was the second person born in the 90s to win an Oscar because I think her was the first. Um, and she's she might win two Oscars. That's just insane. That's What's a, she competing with this year? The song is also a bloodbath. You have Lenny Kravitz there. I love that. Um, you have John Batiste, um, Color Julia Purple, Michael. depending on which song they end up pushing. Would you, Julia Michaels. Julia Michaels, The Wish yes. uh, song. Diane Warren. Again, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Diane Warren's going to be there. Never keep, discount Susan Diane Lucci. Warren. Yep. Yeah. Keep, keep her there. Uh, yeah, there, there's there's... There are a lot. I mean, there's Wonka has a few songs. Has anyone seen Wonka yet, by the way? What's weird is, I don't know anyone who's seen it. I know they screened it last week, so why is no one talking about it? Maybe there's it's an embargo. embargo right? But still, but I would you, think I would do socials, didn't they? Yeah. Unless they didn't. I mean, or unless I missed it completely. I think everyone's been too busy, to be honest. I don't most Yeah, because they had seen it. Yeah, they had a screening last week, and I, it was in the middle of the week, and I think people were just so busy that people who I know would have gone haven't seen it yet. Oh, interesting. But, but like, I mean, yeah, there, there's going to be a song. A song is usually the second key to the Oscars, like, you know, your popular choices, and then whoever is going to be in the music conversation, and that's, like, a good amount of 
of people. I mean, you have the color purple. You have her that's going to, you know, mm-hmm. be there. Like, get her on stage, sing a song. And sync. Oh, in sync. Sync reunion at the Oscars. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, that talking is. about a show. Yeah, uh, like it, it's 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 gonna be a, it's gonna be a good uh, it could be a very good ceremony, and I think they're prepping for some good stuff. We also have the governor's awards that are coming, so we're gonna see Angela Bassett be uh, awarded an, uh, an honorary Oscar coming after her big loss last year, um, and then we have the museum gala that a lot of people are going to attend because they need to schmooze with everyone, and then Monday is the Gotham Awards, first actual like award show of the year. Which is like the precursor indie spirits. Are you going to New York for that? I am going to New York for it. Okay. Oh, it's all I'm happening. Fl- flying on Sunday with all the heathens of Thanksgiving. That, I, on it after that's Thanksgiving. I hate rough. it that's so insane. much. That's rough. I want them to move their shows. They are, they're always the Monday after Thanksgiving, and I hate it. Uh, I'm well, sorry. Because you can't you. do a same day flight. Because I was also I get scared. I'm like, if I do a same day flight, and I get delayed. Yeah, you risk it. I constantly over. get delayed. Yeah. I missed a Jake Gyllenhaal show one time because we got thwarted to Philadelphia, <laughs> I think. And it was funny because like some, somehow I got an upgrade to first class, so they stopped us there for like five hours, and I just didn't get off the plane. I was like, <laughs> I have a bed here. Mm-hmm, exactly. I'm just gonna hang just out, rest. sleep keep, on the keep plane. Keep bringing those chocolate chip cookies. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Th- uh, by the way, I wanted to add, add in uh, some color purple com- commentary because I hadn't yes. watched it by the time you guys were talking about it last week. Um, Danielle Brooks is thank you phenomenal. Uh, it's a, she's a national treasure. We yeah. must protect her at all costs and let her do whatever she wants to do forever. She, she's yeah. incredible in it. I I listen. Being late to the party is always hard, and I'm just hoping that it goes the way. Hopefully, it can go to have her and Davine. Like there in that category would be pretty spectacular. Well, I mean, you, I think it's happening. Yeah. Do yeah. you think Taraji gets in too? I do. Or... My gut check right now is like no, but I. It's really. It's I, still a. I mean, like. I, mean, I, I. It's still a great performance and a very showy role, and she is Taraji. Yeah. And boy, do actors yeah. love and respect her. Yeah. yeah. They're just uh, that category is the messiest of the four acting categories right now. Because, There's so many ways it could go. Yeah, because I mean Emily Blunt's in, in the conversation. We have Jodie Foster on the table, and I add Rosamund um, Pike could get Ro- in. Rosamund Pike can totally Boy, get in. People love Rosamund Pike. Yeah. I've heard so. I've heard other. It's, you know, it's a good performance when other studios are talking about how much they love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I think Julia Binoche is even on the table now. People really like the taste of things, and it's going to be Francis submission. It's all about international vote coming through. There's there, there's a, there's a lot. Who knows? Um, well, let's talk TV. Uh, love no! uh, at, well, Abbott so Elementary's coming back. February 7th, right? Yeah, TV's coming oh back. My God. Much, much sooner than I thought it was, by well, the way. Me too, actually. I was waiting for an April. Well, no, no. I mean, those comedies are a little easier to, I mean, especially uh, Multicam, which is why the first shows coming back are like Night Court and the, <gasps> I love Night Court. the I'm Multicam sorry. shows. But, uh, you know, Abbott not too far behind because they were writing, uh, you know, even before SAG After was. Uh, uh, resolve so uh, and and those are just half hour episodes so they're able to start to get those back into production sooner so very excited that what they say 13 to 16 all that's, yeah yeah probably closer to the 13th yeah. side but we'll see um but no speaking of hosts as well uh by the time people listen to this there may be an announcement uh you know all signs are pointing to anthony anderson being the host of this year's emmy awards um, so we're just waiting on that to be confirmed but nonetheless uh you know uh you know 
he's got a new show come to Fox. So this is what they do. This is what the networks do. They they bring someone who is on their air already mm. to kind of help promote the network in Wait. addition to the uh, the 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 Emmys. What's so, his new show called? Uh, it's it's a game show with his mom. Oh, his mm. mom is so great. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, I thought maybe the show was called Come to Fox. I thought you said that. I thought you were going to that. That actually would have been appropriate and funny. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. No. And what's he host? He hosted something. He introed the Emmys year. one year and he was very funny when uh, like Homer Simpson messed yeah. up something on stage. That and, was in 2019, yeah. the last time it was on Fox, which oh, they wow. didn't have a host that year. So in some ways that was oh, the really? closest they had to a host was yeah. Homer came out and it was, you know, Homer was going to be the host, but then he falls apart. Anthony was sitting in the, the audience and you should see the clip online. It's very, it's very funny. funny. Yeah. He's like, what? And, what? what's going What's going on? And then yeah. he runs backstage and his mom is back there and he sees all the Emmys, starts giving Emmys to his mom, like, you know, just take these. <laughs> um, very, so, so yeah. I and think, pushes Brian Cranston out on stage, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, we smart, need someone beloved. Smart choice. Smart choice for Fox, I think. Yeah. And it'll still feel uh, kind of semi normal because, you know, the Emmys will happen and then shows will return. It'll feel like it was September, but then the Emmys will just return in record time mm. uh, in May. Exactly. For Emmy wow. season. Literally a week after the Emmy telecast, they're going to be doing the lottery for FYC events for next year's Emmys. So no <sighs> no rest for the weary. Good job, Chris Abrigo. It's going to be a very uh, long first year. Um, but d- there's uh, no chatter about uh, extension uh, eligibility period, right? They're going to keep it s- s- yeah, no, no, no chatter yeah. as far as I, Good. I, I don't think they need to. There's they, enough, I don't, they don't there's need to. enough content. You don't want to mess with that calendar if you don't have to. And you don't have to. Because you'll affect next year also if you extend it. Yeah. And honestly, we're talking about all the shows coming back. So the, the shows that were going to be 22 episodes will be 13 episodes instead. But that, Abbott's still going to be eligible. All the shows are still going to like that, at least from broadcast, which – Maybe it doesn't matter because broadcast doesn't get many nominations <laughs> these days. But nonetheless, they'll still be in the mix. They're going to so. make a comeback. It's going to come back eventually. Uh, everyone, thoughts and prayers for Emily Longaretta, Blue Blood, Blue Bloods. Yeah. Oh, R.I.P. I didn't even know it was still on when I saw that. I was like, oh wow, fourteen years. Tom Selleck still on it. Tom Selleck's still on it. Wow. When he's not selling reverse mortgages. seasons. Was it fourteen? Fourteen. One four. This is my favorite SNL skit ever, which is, what is Burn Notice? (laughs) This is exactly it right now. 14 years that show was on? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you think about it, I guess it started in the early 2010s, and that was 14 years ago. That's crazy. That is insane. Like, Are we just getting old now? Yes. No. 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 It's been happening for a while. No, we're not. Grey's Anatomy's on what year? Stop. 703. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, Grey's Anatomy is going to make it back to best drama this year, and everyone. As, <laughs> SVU celebrating its 25th anniversary. See, that makes sense. That that that, 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 does. that computes. Yeah. Not Blue Bloods being 14 years. There's never been a time when there wasn't an SVU. So yeah, and Young Sheldon also ending this year, oh, and that's like that year me. 10 or something. Young Sheldon is 47 now. So at some point, <laughs> that, at some point, exactly. we're going to get into Big Bang Theory, right? Yeah. We need old Sheldon. Yeah. We need to go it's into the future. Sheldon. <laughs> Sheldon. <laughs> Oh, well, that's uh, 
that's kind of the week of yeah. uh, All right, stuff. so what do we got on the show today? Uh, we have Natalie Portman of May, December, and... Hey. Peter Sarsgaard. Of uh, memory. Of memory. Supporting Ooh. actor contender for memory. Oh, real quick, before we go, what are we thankful for? Because people are going to be listening to this as they're chomping on their turkey. I think we're all thankful the strike is over. Yes. 100%. Yes. And I'm very thankful for caffeine, which has gotten me through the last few days. Yeah. Caffeine's always good. All right. Well, what? Jazz. Well, I thought we were going to do a uh, yeah. round. What am I thankful for? What do you think? Definitely for the strike being over. I'm thankful for the artisans. I mean, they kept things going this summer. Yeah. They did. And, you know, I'm yeah. just grateful for them. That's it. Oh, and caffeine, obviously, because, you know. <laughs> Boy, do we need it. Oh, and tea. Oh, yeah, I texted Jazz because she was doing a panel after me at the same place. And I was like, just so you know, they don't have coffee here. <laughs> <laughs> See, we look out for one another. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm thankful for uh, family, friends, and employment. Because for, for, uh, 2024, man, like, we're going to a presidential year, guys. Oh, boy. Oh. Stop. It's, 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 it's here, and it's just, I can feel it, so... We just gotta be thankful that we like each other today. Exactly, and so so I'll I'll echo that and go back to what I said at the very very beginning of this episode, which is thankful for all of you Aww. and for our three listeners. <laughs> three million listeners is three million. I mean, you guys don't know where this is going. I think we're on the Netflix top ten this week. We're ju- we're a juggernaut. We're a award juggernaut. nominated. Yeah. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and we will see you next week. Happy Turkey 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 Day. Gobble gobble. After the break, we talk to May-December star Natalie Portman. From Los Angeles, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. I'm Michael Schneider. Todd Haynes' new film, May-December, tells the story of actress Elizabeth Barry, played by Natalie Portman, who is set to portray Gracie Atherton Yu, played by Julianne Moore, a Georgia woman who became a notorious tabloid figure when she engaged in a sexual relationship with a 12-year-old boy named Joe. Twenty years have passed, and Gracie is trying to keep the past in the past. But to prepare for her upcoming role, Elizabeth visits Gracie and a now 36-year-old Joe, played by Charles Melton, who are married with children. Her arrival exposes the fractures beneath their carefully constructed surface. I want to find a character that's difficult to, on the surface, understand. Were they born or were they made? It's such a pleasure to meet you. You are so sweet. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for doing this. It's so generous. Well, I want you to tell the story right, don't I? You're taller, you look taller on television but we're basically the same size we're basically the same feels like things just settled down and now y'all are making a movie it's a very complex and human story i think it's hard to trust that you're gonna represent gracie as she was i'm gonna try do you remember when you first met you came to the pet store looking for a job it was summer after sixth grade seventh, seventh. Why do you want to play me? When they sent me the script, I thought, here is a woman with a lot more to her than I remember from the tabloid. What would make a 36-year-old woman have an affair with a seventh grader? People, they like see me as a victim. I wanted it. They 
already have an idea of what it must have felt like. What? Sneaking around with you. I shouldn't have said that. May December is loosely based on the story of teacher Mary Kay Letourneau, who had an affair with and then married her teenage student. Friday's Clayton Davis recently spoke with Portman about her performance in the Netflix dark comedy. They began by talking about how she got involved with Todd Haynes' latest film. Yes. Well, it was um, a dream of mine um, to work with him. And I had sent him projects before that I was, you know, I knew I would have to go to him. Um I kept bringing him things that weren't right for him. And then Jessica Elbaum sent me Sammy Birch's script and I read it and I was like blown away by the writing. And then – Can I just – about the script, was it just like out in the ether? Like, like how did you come across it? Yeah. So Jessica Elbaum had taken it on to produce um, – and that's how it got sent to me. But yeah, it was like a spec script that God. Sammy wrote, and it's her first film that's been produced. So it's pretty extraordinary. I mean, it's such high level writing. I mean, really, some of the best writing I've gotten to work with. And Jessica sent it to me, and then I sent it to Todd. And he responded to it so positively. So then I got this like dream of working with Todd, who I've admired for so long and whose movies have meant so much to me. And then, of course, he brought Julie along, which Mm -hmm. was like the icing on the cake, who's, you know, one of my all-time favorite actresses, one of the most important actresses to me. And her collaborations with Todd are Mm -hmm. first and foremost in the – especially safe in the performances that I think of all the time. Is that your quintessential, like, duo for them? Yeah. I mean, Mm. all of their, all of their collaborations are are magical, but that, that movie really, uh, you know, I cite it all the time (laughs) in terms of, you know, what's influenced me. And so to get to work with them together was just a dream come true. And then they just exceeded expectations. You know, usually when you admire people so much, they disappoint you and they were Quite to the contrary. I know, like that's the problem with them. They're really nice and they're great. They're so kind. They're so smart. They're so interesting. They're so good at what they do and just are like the best people to work with ever. Oh, God. So, you know, you started your production company, I think, four years ago now. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? Yeah. Four years ago. Um, it, it's really – it's part of a, a great trend that I'm seeing Uh actors that are putting their money where their mouth is you are seeking out the stuff that really interests you and not just what hollywood is willing to offer you um where did this fall in terms of things that you imagined yourself doing producing and then even starring and did you know you wanted to be in it was that even on the table from the jump yeah absolutely um i Started Mountainay with Sophie Moss, um, my dear friend and a great producer, um, a few years ago. And we knew we wanted to work with visionary directors immediately and, you know, obviously supporting new talent, but also, you know, getting the opportunity to work with established geniuses like like Todd is, is you know, something that is a dream for a producer and then to act in this, I was I was really excited as soon as I read the script. I was like, "This is such a <laughs> extraordinary part to to get to play," and and really deals with like a lot of my obsessions as an actor. I think like 
the things I'm interested in that I yeah. find myself revisiting over and over and um, really like looking into performance. Yeah. When I, uh, Think of my, like, you know, I have a Mount Rushmore of Natalie Portman performances, right? <laughs> Thank you. So, like, you know, Jackie for me is like, is like Natalie offering her gift to us. Thank you. Obviously, love Black Swan, love Closer so much. Mm. Like, I love that movie just so much. Yeah. Um, it's pretty extraordinary writing, and, too. And the, the way May December shoots up onto that Rushmore and like kicked out anywhere but here, wow, like really fast, like really, really fast. I was like, thank oh, sorry, this big would run. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we got to put uh, Elizabeth Berry up here now. Um, I think it's because it was a very surprising performance from you and not surprising. Like, I don't think you could do it surprising. Like, I don't, I don't think I ever imagined you doing something like this. Thank you. Um, did you, ever imagine yourself i mean what was the process of getting there to that moment well again i think it's kind of a dream role because there's so many like refractions i think all that mirror work that todd put into it has so much influence on how you see the characters too and sammy's writing where as soon as you think you know something about them, it switches and mm-hmm. you really are just kind of like never sure and never comfortable in like who you're supposed to be yeah. feeling with. And and um, it allowed for so much play and so much variation and fun and like exploration. And, um, and it was just a gift to get to do. And especially, of course, with Todd, he's just so prepared and, and thoughtful and make such like interesting good choices all the time that help the performances and help the help support everything because there's just this atmosphere that's so uniquely his that he creates with the music with the framing um all of his choices of where to put the camera when is it or there it's just adds to all the strangeness and and (laughs) discomfort that you feel watching it yeah it's it's so weirdly funny and like awkwardly funny like i I love like awkward comedy like you're almost like you feel you feel weird laughing i remember in can especially there were moments that i laughed that i feel like no one else did and then there's moments that they were laughing i was like wait i don't i think i'm and that speaks to a lot of the sensibilities of just americans and other cultures yes um I, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to say something really bad about Charles Melton because that <laughs> kid is too talented for his own good. Charles is incredible. Like, like sharing a screen with Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman alone was like, okay, like this poor kid is going to have to like keep up. And then I saw it and shatters your heart into pieces. Charles is so, so good. He's just such a great actor and he takes it so seriously. Like he was there before any of us and just working and working and working and creating this character and was just so focused and, and so just took it so seriously and is also just the loveliest person. So it was like, again, Mm -hmm. such an amazing person to spend time with, but really an extraordinary actor and brought something that's so different from who he is too. Like, you know, this character is really such a departure from the person he is like, you know, this sort of insecurity and, and self doubt and, 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 um, you know, trauma that this character has is, is really so, um, so beautifully like, performed and and so subtly and and it 
there's one scene, the scene at the dinner table that Todd plays like a significant part of Julie and my conversation over Charles's face, just listening. And it's such gorgeous performance. Like it's so small and it's so painful and beautiful and it's like the the power of what he's able to do just by listening and yeah. and and being there is is really extraordinary. I mean, there he's the physicality is like the scene that I think of was when he's in the bedroom with Julie, and the way he just has his shrugged shoulders, like hands in his pocket, like such a it's painful almost. Like yeah. you're like like this this kid is in pain, and it's just I'm saying kid, he's a grown man. Yeah, but like it's you just, feel I, the child. I'm just like him. I'm like like it's it's living proof of why Todd Haynes, his way with actors is unlike most people that are can ever be. No, totally. Like he, he he gets him there, and uh, and Charles is like you said his physicality too. I mm-hmm. mean. He like gained all this weight for the role, and like which he's... which by the way like <laughs> like. Okay, like you still look great, man. Yeah. Okay, like yeah, I, we can't play that up, but, but yes, it, it, but he. I mean, listen, Riverdale. Yeah, like I don't like those days are behind. This guy is yeah, ready to he's take major, on the world. major talent. Um, looking uh th- throughout your career, I mean, listen, sitting with the awards editor for variety, for variety, uh, Oscar nominations for closer. Won the Oscar for Black Swan. Should have won the Oscar for Jackie. Oh, uh, so, it's okay. You know, <laughs> you're, you're only good as, as, as your snubs. Um, and you know, you're you're looking to the future of a business that is changing and has changed. Uh, SAG after was on strike for a gajillion years. It felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, where? What is your opinion on the status of Hollywood business and how? Are you acclimating to that change? You know, streamers versus theaters, TV and film has been blurred. So, like, you can't. I don't know what the line is anymore. What? What do you? How do you feel about that? I have no idea. I feel like I'm <laughs> as lost as everyone else. Like, mm. it seems to be changing all the time. They're like, movies are dead. No movies yeah. are thriving. No, you know, streaming is amazing. No streaming is basically just like TV was it's mm. gonna have ads again <laughs> like yeah. you know we're basically spent Recreating. all this time changing our industry to have the exact same thing we had before yep. um and meanwhile like i see my kids and they're all just watching youtube and you're uh, like yes. and you're like oh maybe none of this is matters <laughs> yeah relevant and um uh i don't know i mean i think i, I don't really I just want to make what I love and what I care about and 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 try and keep supporting that. And I feel yeah. like, you know, when you make those things, they find their audiences, they find their yeah. people that are, people are passionate about and, you know, will always hustle to try and figure out how to make the difficult things. Like this was impossible to – I mean, yeah. Todd Haynes had to make a movie in 23 days, you know, that's – like That's why crazy. doesn't he just have unlimited car blanches? Exactly, make stuff? he should make whatever he wants. But you know what? Like if that's what it takes, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Like that's you kind of have to be scrappy when you're trying to just make what you're passionate about. As as you know, again, you starting off in this industry as a child actor, Leon, the professionals, great, amazing mm-hmm. masterpiece of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a mom, now again looking at different changes like. Do you, would you encourage 
young actors in this business? Like, do you think it's a different world safer for, you know, mm. versus when you were coming up in, in the space? Um, that's a great question. I mean, I, I would not encourage like <laughs> young people yeah. to go into this. Like, I feel like it was sort of, and I don't mean ever, I mean, yeah. as children, like, I feel like it was almost an accident of luck that I was not harmed and mm. also combined with like very overprotective, wonderful parents. Um, you hear that, Sophia? That's my daughter. Yeah. Uh, overprotective parents work. Guys. Yeah. Just yeah. Hear that. <laughs> yeah. You don't like it when you're a kid and you're grateful for it when you're an adult. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel that, um, you know, I've heard too many bad stories to mm -hmm. think like any child should really be part of it. Um, having said that, I know all the conversations that we've been having these past few years, I think have made people more aware and more careful, but you know, ultimately like, I don't really believe that kids should work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I think kids should play yeah. and go to school. We, we have working papers when we're in elementary school, like, you know, why, same kind of thing. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't have to work 12 hour days. And yeah. Just, that's good. That's yeah. smart, smart advice. Listen to Natalie Portman. <laughs> um, going back to the movie, two quintessential scenes that are Natalie at her, at her best. I cannot wait. Time of recording the movie is not out yet, but uh, when they listen to it, it will be uh, sitting in the back room at the pet store <laughs> and the monologue. I, we're going to, People are going to like you now, but it's going to be memefied and reproduced <laughs> for decades to come. And I can't kind of wait for some of those interpretations. <laughs> how many takes? Like, how did you, how do you, how do you, how did you do it? I don't know even Thanks. how to ask it. Um, well, those are both interesting moments because they're when Elizabeth is alone. Mm -hmm. And this movie is so much about performance and how you try and be for other people. And obviously both of these solo moments have performance in them. They have like rehearsal in them kind of inherently, but they're also when she's alone, when she's not actually, when she doesn't have an audience. Yeah. So there is an interesting ability to have like more truth to her than she often does. Like I think she, there's often, that's kind of what we were always looking for, were like the layers of performance and the layers of you know, fictions that mm -hmm. she puts on. Um, and of course, those mo solo moments have a little bit more truth to them, even though they're performative in a way too. So I don't know. Oh, all right. Mm -hmm. um, looking at what, where the landscape of this movie obviously is like loosely based on real life, True crime, I guess we can call it true crime. Yeah. True crime case. Um, my wife is a very uh, big true crime doc, and I have to use that word very uh, appropriately. <laughs> she yells at me. Um, but there's humor in this, and it's funny, obviously about a very serious subject, mm -hmm. but there, there's comedy in it. And I think we as a culture get very um, – I don't want to say we're too sensitive sometimes, but sometimes we're just jump to see subject matter on a page and say like, this isn't funny, but people that have such strong opinions about it haven't seen the movie yet. Right. So did you find that humor immediately as you were reading it or did you see it like in the edit? Yeah. I feel like I saw it more in the edit. Like mm -hmm. there's, 
I felt like I saw the absurd and also how like ridiculous people are. Mm-hmm. Like humans, human behavior is. I mean, everyone's crazy. Mm-hmm. Is like yeah. the kind of <laughs> short, <Moral> story. <laughs> yeah, the summary of every story, and yeah. um, and so I saw that. But I think that like Todd's vision for it, the way he, the music he chose, uh, so unexpected, nothing I ever imagined while reading it. Like yeah. you know, the way he shot, the way he framed everything, so particular. It really has his vision on it, and I think that creates that like very unsettling tone that yeah. has humor, but I wouldn't say is like it's funny. It's, not it's like it's yeah, like, yeah, it's like it's more just this tone of like you're in a strange, unsettling world. Like it, like cringe comedy is right. a real thing, <laughs> and there's cringe comedy in real life when you're like, oh, this. It's the yes. worst moment of my life, but also, <laughs> also I'm right. going to laugh about it probably yeah. 10 years from now. Um, looking into a, a little deeper aspect of the film of Sammy's script, which, again, I don't believe this is her first script. I right. think she's been making movies for years <laughs> under pseudonyms and ghost names. Um, yes. But, I mean, she gets to, I think, especially within Elizabeth and uh, Charles Melton's character, uh, getting to the psyche of, like, who they are as people. Like, I – find 30 some odd years of life experience in Charles Melton yes. in this very short window. And I see Elizabeth's take on the industry and her role in it in your snippet of time. Julianne, I think is perfectly uh, structured to be elusive. Like we don't know if she's like real, like if, if it's almost real, like if she feels bad about it and I yeah. think it's on purpose. Uh, did it take a couple of reads to understand some of that, or is it, or is it still a mystery to you today? Oh, I mean, even when we were doing some of the scenes, I was like discovering <laughs> all of this stuff that was in the silences that mm-hmm. I didn't read into it. And then when you were saying it, there was so much. There were just all of these layers of like discomfort and the things unspoken mm-hmm. that were masterful it was really like it felt almost as if she had like written it and then erased half the lines you know Mm -hmm. because there was so much like unspoken connotation like in between everything which is the most incredible stuff to play oh god that's awesome where uh where does like the natalie portman academy awards sit in your house today (laughs) like or does, do, you, do you have it like on display? Does it sit anywhere? Like is it in the glass cases in the no. kids' uh, toy chest because no, they grabbed it. No, <laughs> no, it's um, it's a uh, it's is in that the, your parents' house? <laughs> it's 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 in like the safe. There was a moment where like my husband wanted to like embarrass me, and so at the like no. in the black swan era, he just put all of the. All of the, you know, Accolades trophies or... on the on the mantel Aww. place, and I was just like, "You're like, please stop!" I was it. like, "I need to hide <laughs> this immediately. This is like, this is, you know, need a little humility." Yeah, um, I mean, you so, don't yeah. do it for the awards, but it, I mean, it does feel good, right? Like it has to. It's like... amazing to to be recognized, and it's it's super. I mean, it's it's really really nice, but it's also like can't ever be. The motivation, yeah, of that's course. Don't do it corrupting. For the, yeah, yeah. Looking for your next Oscar role, yeah. like yeah. No, I, uh, fair enough. Uh, when you look to the future now of what you're going to be working on next, and I, I just I should put I love uh, 
useless facts that will that you can use uh, ever in life. Yes, please. But uh, you're a producer on this movie, in the running for Best Actress. If it gets yes. nominated for Best Picture, hopefully you'll be among that uh, that pr- producing nominated trio. Mm-hmm. Um, you would be the second woman in history to ever be nominated for both categories in the same wow. year. First was Frances McDormand the best. for Nomadland, who won both the awards on that Amazing. night. And what's interesting about that is how many dudes have done it countless times. Warren right. Beatty's done it four times. Wow. Clint Eastwood and Bradley Cooper have done it twice each. Like wow. it, it happens very, very often. Um, again, women's role in Hollywood is, you know, is, Taking the gender part out, like you're you're taking control of your own destiny, and I think seeing Reese Witherspoon sell a billion dollar company yep. is great to see. Amazing. Um, there's more Natalie Portman's following behind you at this Thanks. point. Are you encouraged by that as you look to the future? Oh, it's the best, and and seeing my peers do it inspires me. I mean, Reese is like one of the biggest role models, inspirations. and Have you guys I, worked together? We haven't worked together, but we've worked together on Time's Up a lot. So mm. I have gotten do, to- Do a movie together. Yeah, I would love <laughs> to. But I also am like happy to just hang out with her too. <laughs> yeah, She's the so best. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really incredible and in seeing, you know, Margot Robbie and, and uh, Emma Stone, Stone also. Like, I think there's, there's a lot of people this year who've, been helping three, create I wrote that article three women do yeah. we never like the fact that we have multiples i think you guys all share the second uh, yeah. title together that's incredible to see i'm glad that we're getting to this moment it's going to be yeah it's exciting oh, awesome uh i always love uh, a little game before we let me just that's the final question then i have a little game for yes, you yes i like games what i mean i'm sure you'll tell me everything <laughs> what are you working on next <laughs> like, um yeah, I'm not I, – I can't talk about it yet, but I'm <gasps> excited about it. Nellie Portman. <laughs> I was but so... we do have a series that we produced also that I'm in that Alma Harrell directed, oh, yes. Lady in the Lake for Apple, that's coming out. Is that 2024? Yeah, yeah. it'll be okay. out in 2024, Ish. spring, I think. So right. awesome. I'm very excited about that. Uh, oh, actually, I'm, I'm sorry. I do have one more question for the game, and I, I, very important. Uh, we are in very difficult times right now. Again, with the rain outside, it's really uh, casting some darkness over <laughs> – we're trying to find that happiness and joy yes but there's some serious like things happening in the world right now mm-hmm. and i wanted to know like you know there's people who are afraid anti-semitism is definitely something that's pronounced and is here people are speaking out about it uh there's a lot of different uh there's a lot of unknowns for the future what kind of message or thoughts do you have on this current time and climate well yeah, it's it's a really really difficult time, and I feel like we need art more than ever. You know, mm. it feels like that's where we need to like find our light. Awesome, I like that. Thanks. All right, fun game. It's, it's, it, understanding. Let me preface this: you don't uh, knowing this is kind of like a, a, a fast robin, red robin. What am I trying to say? Round robin. Round robin. Yeah. Yes, I was like, <laughs> Very fast that it may not be your real answer, but I'm going to say a director. I, I want you to tell me what your favorite movie of theirs. Okay. Uh, it's, it's nice and fun and simple. And, and it's geared towards directors that you have uh, worked with before. Okay, cool. Michael Mann. Oh. Um, First movie that comes to mind. Well, I mean, I want to say Heat, but I'm uh, in it, so yeah, I'm I mean, feeling guilty I mean, about it, it, but it, it is. It's a correct it answer. <laughs> I mean, and also, I'm not in it that much, so yeah. I can say it without being like, yeah. it's, uh, not, it's not about me. Yeah. 
I mean, there's also the insider to that. I would have accepted yeah. that as well. <laughs> uh, Anthony Mangella. Oh, I love him so much. I, I could use a really good Anthony Mangella movie right now. Oh, like in my life. God, yes. Um, we could. Um, Talented Miss Ripley. I love that. That's Ripley. the correct answer. Ah, yes. I like that there's yeah. correct answers. So. I love it. By the way, I always have to just give you a big shout out. I love Garden State so Thank much. You. That, that is like my jam. Zach Braff, Thank man. You. Go keep making movies. Uh, Wes Anderson. Um, uh, Ten of Bombs. Also the correct answer. I like that. <laughs> Actually, I, I really, in estimation, Fantastic Mr. Fox continues to I also to love like, that movie. It's running, I up, agree. it's running up a lot. It's a good point. Uh, Terrence Malick. Um, Days of Heaven. Also the correct answer. <laughs> so you, you and I are going to – we have a good movie hangout. Yes. I, I, I like it. Um, sorry. We have Taika Waititi. Um, hmm, that's, that's a good one. Um, maybe Ragnarok. I love Ragnarok. That, that <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I would feel like I was supposed to say Jojo Rabbit, but I feel like I know in my heart it's, it's yeah, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. So, so you give me permission. Uh, I, I had Todd Haynes, but you already said it. It's safe. 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 Which um, is again growing in estimation. That could that could be it. And I just have to ask you, Julianne Moore. What's like like your Mount Rushmore Julianne Moore performances? Oh, I mean, okay. Well, safe. Yeah, definitely. That's um, um, um. God, she's the best. Um, my Mount Rushmore. I mean, I love her in Lebowski. That's good. It's a fan favorite. Um, um, I love her in Shortcuts. It's a great one. That's a good one. Didn't come up enough. That's good. um, One more. I love her in Gloria. Really? I love her in Gloria. Oh, I like a sneaky. I mean, there's so many. I mean, kids are all right. Kids are right. Far from heaven. Um, The hours. Yeah, the hours. I mean, it's Boogie, like, oh, Boogie Nights actually. Boogie Nights. That's is actually a great for me. One. That's always been the one. Is is Boogie? I do love um, some Boogie. It's very hard. Yeah, yeah. nine months. <laughs> love listen, nine months. Listen, so it's slightly like I still love her in it. Lost World Jurassic Park. She is I mean, so funny in that movie. She's um, a, she's she's just the best. She's the best. Yeah. She, I I I would watch her do anything. That's Natalie Portman, star of May, December, now in select theaters and streaming on Netflix starting December 1. Peter Sarsgaard has long been one of our most fearless and admired actors, although he has never received an Academy Award nomination. That might change with his performance in Memory, which premiered at this year's Venice Film Festival, where the actor received the prestigious Volpe Cup for Best Actor. Written and directed by Michelle Franco, Memory stars Jessica Chastain as a social worker who reconnects with a former classmate, Saul, played by Sarsgaard, after he follows her home from a high school reunion. It's soon revealed that Saul suffers from dementia. Despite his condition, the two forge a touching bond in a film that is surprising, heartfelt, and even full of humor. Variety's Janelle Riley recently spoke to Sarsgaard, who started by talking about how he first got word that he was receiving an award at Venice. My wife says that she had a sense pretty early on. Um, So we got there kind of at the beginning of the festival because my wife 
was doing a thing with Prada. And that's how we got there because all three movies that I had at the festival were tiny movies that had no budgets to, you know, pay for things. And, um, we, my wife was just like getting the sense from it had screened like a press screening at the beginning. And she was talking to people who had seen it. And she said, I get the sense that people really like you in this movie. And I said, Oh, that's cool. And then um, throughout the week, people who had seen the movie were coming up to me and it really never occurred to me, but my wife says it was like in her mind somewhere because maybe because she had won one. (laughs) She knows, she knows the vibe, right? (laughs) So then I went to a screening on the Friday of coup, the comedy that I had there. And after that screening, I was going straight into the memory screening. So I had to go and change and everything put on fancier clothes. And uh, on the walk over there, Michelle called me and he said, uh, so they've asked if you could stay another day. And I have to tell you what that means when they say, can you stay till Saturday? (laughs) It's that you've won something. Wow. He said, I imagine it's actor since you didn't direct anything at the festival. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it was really lovely because I went into memory knowing that, all these people had already reacted so positively to it that there was no, I wasn't like nervous for its reception. And, um, and then it was a massive reception. I mean, people, I mean, they clapped so long that at some point I turned to uh, Jessica and I said, I feel like we should leave so that they can stop clapping. (laughs) Like I, I feel like their hands hurt. So, um, I had a full day to think of what I wanted to say, which was really nice. And I woke up that morning knowing what I wanted to say. And I spent the day kind of writing it down. I wanted to to really take the opportunity in front of all these people and global stage to say something meaningful. And I realized the thing I wanted to say was more about humanism than anything else, which I think is what is in the film. I think the film is an example of a film that AI could not do, right? Sometimes I I think like, oh, the reason they're thinking of using AI is because really a lot of the movies that the AMPTP makes already look like they were done by AI, right? So that's why they think it's possible. And they feel soulless, which is something this movie just has so much of. Yeah, I, I love that about it. I think that that's, it's it's really something, it's really a way of working and a way of acting that I've been wanting to do for a long time. It, it, by the way, there was a very subtle flex in there. I'm not even sure you caught it. You had three movies at the festival? Yeah. I had three movies at the festival, one in the main competition, two, and they have like, I don't know what they're even called. You know, they have the Oranzanti and the Oranzanti Extra. And you know how like every festival has like kind of its different sections. Yeah, I had three in the festival. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Only two of them had interim agreements. So the (laughs) one that didn't have an interim agreement became something I didn't participate in at all, which is sad. But um, oh, so you were I had there. a small part in that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you were there, but you couldn't do any kind of promotion or even, could you even go to the screening? 
I did not go to the screening of that movie, but I did that movie because I'm friends with the director and it was his first movie. And I felt like I had already contributed what I meant to contribute. So um, then the other movie I had that did have an intern agreement was coup exclamation point, which is a comedy that I have a central part in opposite Billy Magnuson. And um, that one's still in the, I, that one I think is about to be sold, um, but will come out next year. Uh, just based on what you told me about coup, it, could, it sounds like there couldn't be two more different movies than memory. Could not be two more different movies. <laughs> I have a really amazing mustache in coup. Oh my gosh. I'm all about mustache acting. Yeah. <laughs> my wife always says that she says, um, every role you always say at the very first thing you say before you've even thought about it is maybe I'll have a mustache with this one. <laughs> Was that your first thought when you read memory? What sort of mustache <laughs> should he have? When I first was offered memory, I was like in the worst physical shape of my, really probably of my life. I mean, I, I had a herniated a, di- a disc about a year before and couldn't exercise, was pretty lethargic, feeling pretty uh, not in my body. I'm normally a pretty athletic person. And I had a huge beard and I just was feeling homebound. And um, and I told Michelle, I was like, oh, I'm going to try to get back into some shape. I wasn't even sure I could. It really just recently I've started to get back into physical shape. And, um, and that's a year and a half after we filmed it. And he said, oh, no, I want you to be like heavier, if anything. I want you to really not be a physically fit person, which makes sense for the part the guy's been sitting in his house for the last year, probably. And uh, Saul is uh, one of these characters that I feel like pe- people are going to love him. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised that, that your wife sensed that reaction right away. Um, what was initially your take on him? I mean, did you fall in love with him immediately? I loved playing him. I, I told my wife when I was playing him, I said, um, I mean, it sounds arrogant, but it was true. I said, I don't feel like I can miss like anything that comes my way. I don't think I just am. And I, I instinctively really understand the person I'm playing it. It's not like, um, you know, that idea of playing yourself, I think is something that people don't really understand. My daughter said that the other night, she was watching Ruth Gordon in my bodyguard, which is a personal favorite of mine. I love the acting in that movie actually. And Ruth Gordon's in the movie and she said, Oh, I've seen her in a lot of movies. She always plays that character. And I said, yeah, but that idea that, that we all have to do different things all the time to be great is very 1990. I said, she does that Ruth Gordon thing so well <laughs> the, and, and always kind of inspiring about life, you know, um, I really admire that. And so, you know, there are very, a lot of elements to this character that are me. Um, and I guess because of that, I always instinctively knew what to do. You know, I didn't, I didn't plan anything. I just walked in and did it. It's interesting you say, though, that it was a joy to play him because it's got to be a challenging role. You know, he's he himself is 
suffering somewhat. He's suffering, but he's also, like I've said this before, like refusing to be his condition. He wakes up in the morning. Yeah, he has dementia, but he's, and there are times obviously in the movie where I, you know, I go up and down and there's all sorts of different feelings, but on the whole, this is someone who's going to like not be dead until some, he doesn't have a pulse, (laughs) you know, and that's, that's a really lovely quality and um, quite social also as a person. Um, I thought that Jessica's role was way more like if I had had to play Jessica's role, I would have found it very challenging in a different way. Yeah. I guess there's also something to be said for Saul really lives in the moment because he has to. Yeah, it's great for acting, right? (laughs) This whole idea also of like, you know, where are you coming from? Where are you going? These ideas that we all learn when we're acting, starting acting, you know, what's your obstacle? What's your need? I mean, this guy just, you just show up and be in whatever. Yeah, like you say, in the moment. Um, And that is something that I've encountered, you know, Dementia is a pretty big box that everyone is put into has I actually just this morning was talking to Dr. Pete Whitehouse, who um, it was the doctor that helped us with the movie. And we were just talking about that, how like he hasn't seen the movie yet, but he said, it's so great to think that you might've expanded the box in terms of what we think of as dementia, he said, because as you know, and yeah, I talked to many people who had dementia, it was all very different. It has all sorts of different ways of showing. And that's something that I really stress with people is that, yes, this movie deals with sad things, but really overall, it's not sad. It's kind of heartwarming and and warm and inspiring and funny in the way that uh-huh. like, life can be funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's the laughter of recognition, right? It's not like, but I'm ch- joke. It's like, oh my God, he's doing that. <laughs> I, I, I know that. I know that behavior. Trying to make someone else feel good when you're down is funny. <laughs> you know, like, how was your day? <laughs> it's um, funny because, like, yeah, at the, at the beginning, there's a few times where I was like, is it okay to laugh at this? Uh-huh. <laughs> the Toronto screening was really good. I actually think of Canada as the home of comedy in um, this hemisphere. Um, and when we when we screened it at Toronto, I loved it. The audience was like, actually, a lot of them were weeping by the end. But again, it's not like despair, you know, the ending. It's like, that's right. Don't die until you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, really? I mean, and the other thing that that this doctor that I talked to actually this morning again um, was saying is the reactions of the people around the person who have dementia will largely determine their experience of dementia. So you have like my brother's reaction. You have my niece's reaction. You have Jessica's reaction. Um, and all of that will determine your experience. And and yet I'm playing someone who's just got a really bright light in him. Somebody told me, um, they said, 
oh, I get this whole idea of who Saul was before this happened. And they said, um, I bet he was an elegant man. And I say, yeah, that sounds right. An elegant man. I like the idea of that anyway. I was actually literally going to ask because uh, you're, you're, I think you're underselling yourself by saying that you found this somewhat easy or you didn't, you know, necessarily. But acting is easy when it's going well. Ah. (laughs) Even if it's, look, I bet Daniel Day-Lewis would tell you that my left foot was easy because he clearly was on a roll. You know, like when you show up and you just instinctively know what to do instead of like, hmm, you know, which happens where you're like, oi. Um, then it's going well and it's easy. It's mm-hmm. just like, I think they call it like flow, flow state. It's, everything's easy. But I'm sure going into it, you still did a lot of preparation. Yeah. You do a lot of things to help make it easy. <laughs> exactly. And once you step into doing it, it's it's a joy. The only thing that I found difficult sometimes was what Jessica's character wants for real ones and what I want are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And there were some days where I found it kind of heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. And, and I really felt it. I even felt it when the camera wasn't rolling, you know? Uh, I want to talk about Jessica because obviously she's amazing, but also it was her idea to go out to you for this part. That's what I hear. Yeah. I did not thank God. I didn't know that when I was doing it. <laughs> well, you found out afterwards. I just found out when they, I think maybe at Venice. Oh, no way. Yeah. I mean, kind of, it, it's a, it would be, uh, I wouldn't want to know before or during doing it because then you feel a power thing or something like that. Right. Um, I always step up with whoever I'm acting with. It could be, it could have been John Gilgood and I would have respect, but then we both do the same thing. Mm. Right. So I think sometimes um, those power dynamics on sets can get in the way of the work. And with Jessica, that just was not the case. She just, she literally just won the Academy Award like uh, two weeks before. <laughs> so um, she's just a worker. You know what I mean? She just shows up and does it. And, and, uh, and no trailers and no anything, you know. And you didn't like know her well or something. She just like mentioned your name to the director. I knew her a tiny, tiny bit. I had gone to see um, the Tammy Faye movie. As Tammy Faye with my wife in one of the very first screenings in New York. And um, it, it was a pretty low key f- affair, actually. It was before any of the hullabaloo. And afterwards, I said, that was one of the finest performances I've seen in a very long time. So my wife knew her a little bit. She said, let's go up and tell her. I said, all right. So we went up and we both like seriously gushed. And um, I think I was still emotional from having watched the movie. And that was really maybe the first interaction I ever had with her was was um, telling her how amazing I thought she was. 
See, I just assume there's like some club where like all these great character actors hang out, especially if you're both living in New York. Yeah, I know. I bet. I mean, and and I see actors. I literally saw an actor on the walking down the street today that I know. I think we fist bumped and kept going. I saw Peter Dinklage walking his dog. Yeah. I was also walking my dog, so you know we had stuff to do. And our dogs did not get along. Our dogs. Oh no. I, I I don't want to um, pry, but but can I ask what kind of dog you have? Yeah, I have a um, a wire haired pointer. Oh, do they actually point? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because yeah, and the I problem have... is she's extremely loyal and good around me, but the minute I go away, she's naughty, a mess. Yeah. <laughs> no, I used to have one that would point at birds, and I was like, oh, that's that must be how they got the name. <laughs> oh yeah, and then you. You know, have them flush the bird and the bird goes up in the air and you shoot it and then they run off and get it with a soft mouth and bring it back to you. That's what they're trained to do. Yeah. No, I, I never I, went that far. <laughs> no, no, no. I go hiking with her. That's about it. Um, so as far as you knew, the director just reached out to you and said he wanted to talk to you about this project. Totally. I knew that Jessica was attached to it. I read it. I had seen After Lucia. But that's it. And so I went and watched all of his movies before I met him. Um, I'm always a very prepared meeting person. I like to really give everyone the respect of being fully acquainted with everything they've done, not just the material that I'm being presented with. So um, I met him and his sister right near Russendotter's appetizers uh, on Houston. And I think I encouraged them to get a bagel from there. And then he and I walked for about two hours around the Lower East Side and talked about all kinds of stuff. The movie, not the movie, you know, he wanted to make sure I wasn't too fit. (laughs) (laughs) He was very concerned with that. He was like, I just don't want you. He didn't want like a beautiful people Hollywood love story movie, you know? Um, Oh God. Jessica used to have such Hollywood cupcake, I think she called it. Oh. Hollywood cupcake movie. You know, just like a little, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what we were avoiding. And then once you had the part, I love what you were saying earlier about like you do all the preparations, almost like I remember someone once saying like, you know, rehearsal and preparation are all the things you do so that when you show up, you can throw it out the window if you need to. hundred percent. And I always do that. I mean, I... One, preparation makes you feel confident. And since acting is a con game, the first person you have to con is yourself, right? People will only believe you if you believe yourself. So if I can get to a place where I believe myself, meaning almost when I go to actually act a lot of the time, I think, well, this is a role where I'm not really doing anything. I frequently think that when it's going well. Mm -hmm. I think like... Uh, okay, the characters are quadriplegic, but I'm not really doing anything, you know, or the character has a job I never would have in my life. Like they're the district attorney, but that's not really the person. I don't really have to do anything for this because this guy's not his job or whatever. And I, I try to make it really feel easy. So can you talk a bit about that preparation? Because I feel like, Something like dementia is something that's touched everyone's lives. 
to yeah. some degree. And so everyone has some sort of personal experience with it, most likely. Yeah. Um, so you can draw on that, but also, you know, you, you mentioned you were talking to a doctor earlier. So I'm curious. About He's the that. doctor that I talked to when I, and he and I are still talking about it because he's interested in the way that this movie could positively affect his community, right? Which includes the group Reimagining Dementia, which is a group in New York that literally tries to have people reimagine what dementia is. Because like I said, it's the people around the person with dementia that need to have maybe a different outlook about what is possible and not possible. And you know, it's difficult. So yeah. And my uncle had dementia who I was especially close with growing up. Um, and he had it quite young, um, because it was from CTE, which is, uh, from playing football and boxing. And I mean, he was a fireman and he did everything you could do in your life. That's not that great for you. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then I talked over the phone. This doctor put me in touch with uh, two different patients that I talked to on a weekly basis on the phone. And one of them, I almost never encountered something that he said or did, except for stories he told about himself that made me think he had dementia. I would call after a week and he'd, I'd say, hey, it's Peter. And he'd say, how you doing? You got any new parts? You got any new acting you know, like he he might have had ways of reminding himself he said in his own house he had post-it notes everywhere um and like my character he also kept a book that he wrote in it's a pretty subtle thing in the movie but i have a little black book in that movie that you see here and there that i almost always have on me just to try to remind myself of what's you know like and i say to her in that one scene can i write down what you just told me you know, do you think he remembered you or he was like going off his notes and that was like, like, was he because uh, to some very degree- convincing job if he if he yeah. didn't. So that's the other thing, too, is like. Mm, I wanted I wanted to be able to convince her that I was a worthy lover. Mm-hmm. Right. So and and this is something that was especially true with um, my uncle, I think, is like you get a real sense of like, I know I like this person. I know this person's my friend. I know that person's not my friend. You might mix it up. You might think someone's not your friend that is your friend, but like, I, I find, I, I relied on that. Like there's this couple of scenes where I say, this is my friend or this is someone I know, you know, and I, I couldn't tell you a lot more than that, but Yeah. That's why I've learned if I meet someone, I've learned to say, good to see you. And yeah. it's nice to meet you because you'll be like, we've met 12 times. I told I told Michelle when we were making the movie, as I was like, you'll see me all the time in my life. Pretend to know people that I probably don't know because it's just in case. Mm-hmm. Because I'm the type of person that people recognize, but maybe sometimes they're not sure how they recognize. And they'll be like, Hey, how are you? And I'll be like, good. How are you doing? And, you know, (laughs) after a while, I'll think this might be one of those cases where we don't know each other because I'm, I'm quite forgetful. Actually, that's something the doctor was talking about this morning is he said, we are all on the spectrum of 
maybe de- dementia. Yeah, I think he actually said dementia, but I would actually change the word to just like on the spectrum in terms of memory, mm-hmm. right? There are very few people that remember everything or know, you know, and we all have ways of fudging it in our own lives. And uh, that's what I was also interested in playing this guy is like the ways in which he covers and I wanted it to be successful. I didn't want to like do a cover and wink at the audience and say, look, I'm covering. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot, not just about dementia, but about um, myself and dealing with other people. There's a scene early in the movie with you and Jessica on a bench and the it's there's so many layers there because I'm like, is he pretending not to remember? Does he really not remember? Does he even know who he's talking to right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, I wonder, did, did you know, did you like go in your script and write down exactly what he was reacting to or did you leave it ambiguous to yourself? Okay, there, there are that scene in particular, I'm being accused of something. So I'm trying like anyone who gets accused of something, or at least me when I get accused of something to take it seriously and not be immediately defensive because I don't remember everything I've done. Someone came up to me and said, you did this 20 years ago. I'd be like, okay, I I don't, I don't, I don't remember that, but okay. You know, you want to, validate their experience obviously she's had an experience and it's it sounds like an intense one so there's a lot of that trying to deal with someone who's obviously got a lot going on um there were the beginning of the movie is the hardest part for me the first time you see me to when my brother picks me up outside her house was the part that i had a question mark on from day one and was like I was very, I was like, how are you going to shoot this? And he, in the script, it didn't make sense to me. We changed it a little bit from the script. And I'll just say that the fact that my wife was a redhead, which is a very subtle thing that's in the movie. There is a moment where she's looking through uh, pictures in my house in like a album. And she stops on a, picture of a woman with red hair that is the deceased wife of the guy who owned the brownstone that we were staying in that's where we filmed so when michelle comes in to film in a room he doesn't do production design he's like oh, okay this is what the oh it looks like um oh you have a picture of yourself on the wall and <laughs> you have you know uh visions of eight and that would just stay there you know So when she picked up this photo album and there was that picture, that was the picture of that guy's wife who had died. And I had always, it was a moment of kismet because I was like, I knew my wife was a redhead. I knew my wife was a redhead. It's a very distinctive thing. So at that moment that I was trying to figure out, it has a lot to do with that in terms of why I react Imagine you're having an argument with your wife. She doesn't want to respond to you. She leaves a place. How do you deal with it? You have to, you know, that kind of thing is the way that, and an audience doesn't need to know this, right? At all. (laughs) But I know it. And if I know it, 
it will seem authentic. Although it makes me wonder, is that why he followed her? I mean, for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's Memory star Peter Sarsgaard. Memory will have a limited theatrical release in the U.S. on December 22nd before a wide release on January 5, 2024. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Zach Levin edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and we'll see you on the circuit. <laughs>